Alright, welcome to Magic with a K. I'm Daniel, and with me is my co-host. Hi, I'm Alex. And we're going to tell you a little bit about ourselves, since this is the first episode, and then we're also going to talk about what exactly is the occult. So, I've been doing this as an active practitioner for about 10 years. I've actually been studying the occult and all the fun stuff that goes with that for about 15. Um, had a lot of fun. I, I do a lot of ghost hunting um, and throughout some other fun experiences, especially overseas. I've got to see a few fun things throughout the years that are really weird, but have been a lot of fun. Uh, overall, it's been a good experience for me. There's only been a few things that have really creeped me out. But as I've learned more and more, that's actually gotten less and less creepy. And that's me. All right. Uh, so, like I said, I'm Alex. I am an active uh, practitioner. I am pagan and have been working in that world as a pagan occultist for, I'd say, 10 to 15 years. Um, in that time, while I have run across my share of ghosts, I tend to work more with other types of spirits. Um, I find that when you are a practicing occultist, you tend to run into the types of things you're open to running into. Yeah, I would say that's about right. Yeah, sorry, I didn't tell everybody. I'm actually a Christian practitioner, so my my experiences are with uh, more angelic beings, stuff like that. Um, I mean, we've sat and talked, obviously, before we've done this podcast about quite a bit of stuff over probably a couple of years. Yeah, we've we've been friends for years. Um, and have never worked together, but have definitely shared notes and discussed our experiences. Right, like she's actually got a pretty cool uh, tarot card set that is actually pretty neat. Um, that's got like the different uh, daemons, demons, <laughs> different things like that that are on them. They're, they're pretty neat, but however, as we both know, yeah, you tend to keep that stuff away from the normals. It tends to scare them quite a bit. Yeah, it's you can freak the muggles out a little bit. Um, it's just, thanks to Harry Potter, it's actually very common for pagans to refer to non-pagans as muggles. Right. And, uh, of course, yeah, it's, as we've, as we've joked before, watching, of course, you know, Monty Python, different things like that. It's like, I have no intentions of burning any witches, so there's no yeah. problem with that. Uh. <laughs> uh, truth be told, um, we've actually, he's come over for um, high holidays at my house, um, and we've celebrated Christmas together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Christmas, Yule, yeah, yep. all that. Uh, since after all, I, I've never stopped bringing in a Christmas tree to my house, <laughs> even though that's definitely not a, uh, a Christian symbol, even though it's kind of been adopted that way. Yeah. Uh, we actually intend at some point to uh, do an episode all on um, Yule and Christmas mm -hmm. and um, how we each celebrate it from our different paths and where some of our traditions come from. That's true. And, uh, like, for instance, of course, everybody's gotten into the last, oh, I guess, what, it's been probably 10 years or so. Everybody's gotten into Krampus and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, and, Krampus is an interesting one. Yeah, and if you've ever watched, of course, The Office, there was uh, Bell Schnickel. <laughs> the, uh, was uh, brought up by Dwight, which was really funny. And, of course, Swarthy Pete that got shot down real quick because <laughs> of the racism involved there. Yeah. 
But uh, anyways, we're going to take a minute and actually go through some definitions here of what the occult is, according to, first, I think you've got a Webster's Dictionary. Yeah, uh, so this is the uh, Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, 10th edition. Um, full disclosure, this is from when I was in college. Um, and we're not going to talk about how long ago that was. <laughs> um, but according to this dictionary, the occult, it actually has multiple definitions for the occult, but the one that we're looking at is their third definition, which is matters regarded as involving the action or influence of supernatural or supernormal powers or some secret knowledge of them. Right. Um, and the reason we chose this definition is because this is the one that is often the occult. So it is, in fact, a noun and not an adjective. Right, which is the other part about everything that's... You know, people get weirded out when you say stuff like that because they've, of course, bought into the Hollywood stuff. They've bought into, frankly, a lot of the church's stuff as well, which is, you know, well, you're not supposed to have any of this knowledge anymore. You're not supposed to know about these things going on. And when you start actually looking into it, uh, like we had an interesting discussion about, uh, for instance, different entities that the church regards as, of course, demonic, when in reality... They're kind of just neutral sitting out there. Yeah. Um, so um, often many entities that the, de that the church will call demons either are demons and are neutral or aren't even demons. There are other types of entities that have just been co-opted into that. Um, and it's interesting. A lot of these entities actually predate their involvement with Christianity. Right. And so... Going to the occult definitions here, I'll give you the one off Wikipedia real quick, which of course anybody can look up. And so it says, The occult, in the broadest sense, is a category of esoteric supernatural beliefs and practices which generally fall outside the scope of religion and science, encompassing phenomenon invoking otherworldly agency, such as magic, sorcery, and mysticism, and their varied spells. It can also refer to supernatural ideas like extrasensory perception and parapsychology. We might actually do a show on parapsychology. That'd actually be pretty neat. That is pretty. That is a great field. Um, another one I wanted to read from you real quick is from the World Book Encyclopedia from 1967. Hmm. So um, old. And the reason I wanted to read this one is because the way we view the occult changes over time and changes based off of the current political climate. And this is, you know, 55 years ago. So... Occult is a term which refers to knowledge of a supernatural type not bounded by the strict laws of modern science. A person may be said to have knowledge of the occult if he claims to understand subjects which cannot be understood by ordinary men and which are outside the field of recognized science. Occult means secret or mysterious. A fortune teller claims to have knowledge of the occult when he tells a fortune because he says that he can explain things which people in general cannot know. During ancient times, there was a wide belief in the occult sciences. The best known of the old occult subjects were astrology, alchemy, necromancy, and magic. Mm. Yeah. Um, so when I was a kid and I first heard the term occult, the part of that term that really stuck out to me was the cult part. Mm -hmm. um, and growing up in the 90s and that <laughs> time period, um, we were all taught to be very afraid of cults. Um, right. In college, I learned that the true academic 
definition of a cult is really just any group of people who share a belief system in some sort of higher being or supernatural um, entity and follow it. So by that definition, most any religion that you've ever heard of is a cult. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I, I joke around and tell people that all the time. I'm in, I'm in a mainstream cult is what I'm in. Yes. And therefore, it's you know generally accepted, especially here in the U.S., um, when we talk about cults in the U.S., we often talk about the bite mo model of mm. cult measurement, which measures um, control of behavior, information, right. thought, and emotions. Right. Um, the, while that will not be really what we're getting into in this podcast, mm. um, but yeah, that was my history with the term occult, because even though I am a pagan practitioner, I did grow up in the mainstream Christian church right. um, growing up with a very different view of this. Which, as you can see, is what's have. messed her up now. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Messed me up. I can't even talk to Christians anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Uh, and, of course, if you want if you want information on cults, I would tell you to probably go watch some Netflix stuff. Uh, mm. There's some interesting documentaries on YouTube, different things like that, Amazon Prime. Because, um, see, I grew up... Now, once again, we're, we're kind of telling our age here. Yeah. But uh, when I grew up, like, for instance, Dungeons & Dragons was a big no-no because you were going to get sucked in by the devil and, you know, all this you know, it's the, all this crap. It's the strangest thing. All the time I've spent playing Dungeons & Dragons, and I've never been able to make that pact with the devil that they throw right. I was going to have. I am looking forward to that because I could real <laughs> like, I would love to be able to sell my soul and get that million dollars and then make my life so much easier. <laughs> it's It's like if... If anybody's ever watched any old SNL from the 80s, uh, you remember probably late 80s, there was a character or a, an actor that was on there uh, named John Lovitz, and he used to play the devil. <laughs> and, like, they had the People's Court one time. It was a great sketch uh, where he came in, and they were suing him in People's Court because he had promised, like, unlimited beauty or something like that. And then, and then she, like... She was supposed to like be killed the next day, but somehow escaped being killed, and so she was suing him in court. And he's his whole response was, "I'm the devil. What do you expect?" <laughs> and it was just hilarious uh, the whole way he did that. But uh, yeah, it's you know obviously that didn't happen. But of course, a lot of it was satanic panic. I remember that, and mm -hmm. that was insane. Uh, I've seen a little bit of it coming back. Um, it seems a little harder for it this time due to people, one, having, and we've talked about this as well, uh, people having access to the internet, being able to actually, now that we've gone through the craziness that was the past couple of years, uh, we won't mention that because we, since it was the first podcast, I really don't want to have Facebook not put us on there. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so, uh, but due to all that, we're actually talking to each other again, so, yeah, it's been a lot harder, but I have seen some pushes for it because of certain recent, once again, political activity, <laughs> uh, the Supreme Court comes to mind, stuff well, like that. Well, and it's interesting because a lot of the things that could, that led to that fear of the occult and the satanic panic was the fact that you could have a kid walk into school and say, oh, X, Y, and Z happened because such and such entity caused it to happen, oh, yeah. and you were there sitting there with no recourse Except to believe them, except maybe write it down and go to the library later to look mm -hmm. that up. Whereas now, I've gotten into an argument with my husband over who sang a song, and it's a ridiculous argument because I can pull my phone out and look that answer up. Right. So a lot of the misinformation 
what that very much does get disseminated through the internet can also be quickly disproven through the internet and are ready access to it. Well, and just like the old joke goes, you know, they can't put anything on the internet that isn't true. Yeah. Where'd you hear that? The internet. <laughs> exactly. Okay. okay. It, it, same for the TV. They can't put it on TV if it's not true. <laughs> That's right. Where'd you hear that? TV. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, yeah, it basically comes down to, as far as, yeah, the occult for us is just, it makes life richer for me. It, it does. Um, and I think it's interesting because we both grew up in a sort of evangelical mm-hmm. Southern Baptist Christian worldview and both ended up with this interest in the occult. Mm-hmm. And while for one of us, it really added sprinkles to his Christianity, for right. me, it took me completely out of Christianity. And it happens. Yeah. Um, I and... Mean. But yeah, so I just I think it's interesting that we had this separate view. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we talked about is that he does tend to work more with angelic mm-hmm. um, spirits and beings, whereas I tend to work more with demonic beings. And I'm going to be very frank, and the answer is that growing up, I was told that demons were bad and evil and awful. And when I finally made the decision to cut ties with my religion and forge my own path, well... I kind of wanted to see if it was as bad and awful as they said it was, you know? And if it was, might that be something fun? <laughs> there were some other things they told me not to do when I was growing up that ended up being fun. So might this one be? Um, and through my experience, I've learned that much like people, very few things in the world are truly, truly evil right. or truly, truly good. Right. Most things have a viewpoint, um, a set of rules. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to understand both of those, and then you can understand the way they operate. Right, and that's the whole thing. I mean, even, so, yeah, I'll, <laughs> anybody that thinks that angels are just all rainbows and sunshines, <laughs> uh, no. Um, there's a reason that, like, for instance, if you if you look in the Old Testament, whenever those guys showed up, and to a Be certain extent... Afraid. Yeah, <laughs> and to a certain extent in the New Testament, yeah, because they were... They were pretty frightening creatures, not only for the fact that, you know, those folks really thought that, okay, this is the end. Like, they're going to take me into the afterlife. Uh, But because, yeah, they're just not, I guess they're not what you're expecting at first. You know, they're not coming down and like, it's not the King James version of, oh, we bless thee and and thou shalt have all the abundance of the earth upon thee. And it's like, nope. And the biblically accurate angels were very rarely humanoid, Correct. also in form. Correct. And so you see this big thing that, you know, has an eye and rings spinning <laughs> around it and it's glowing and is so bright you can't see anything else. Well, that was a UFO. <laughs> and you see that, I mean, it, it could be a god. I'm probably going to piss my pants too. Right. Yeah, so, you know, in in other words, yeah, they're, and they all have different personalities, every single one of them. Um, Yeah, they're all pretty much on same mission type deal, Uh, but, yeah, they're, yeah, there's a reason that when it talks about everybody's, you know, the breath of God and everybody's made in his image, stuff like that, well, so are they, and, yeah. There, there's some that there's some that are just jerks, you know. Uh, there's some that are like, you know, what do you want? And it's like, oh, all right, buddy. 
Like, so that's sort of lawful neutral, lawful evil yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't found any that are lawful evil, but yeah, lawful neutral to where they're just like, what do you want? It's like, okay, well, hey, I thought you could help me with this or that. Yeah, okay. Or I could help you, but why should I? Uh, there's been a few of those. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And we were actually discussing recently, interesting because I typically work more with demonic speak spirits and being sorry demonic spirits and beings whereas he typically works more with angelic ones mm. and we were explaining to uh one of our daughters mm -hmm. that me going up to an angel with as much time as i've spent working with demons and saying hey can i get your help with this is kind of like walking into alabama's stadium and walking up to nick saban wearing all my all of auburn orange and blue <laughs> And he's going to look at me and be like, dude, you're in the wrong place. You're on the wrong team. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's a yeah. very Southern American oh, analogy. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. where we live, that's actually a very apt analogy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's the whole thing. It's, you know, they all, they all tend to play in their own stadium so to speak mm -hmm. so you know every now and again they'll come outside of it every now and again you'll you know you'll find one that's just like yeah i don't care i'll yeah all right you know um which is the whole so we'll probably yeah we'll probably do a show on that too like for yeah. instance jen mm -hmm. you know jen are of well, course are middle demons, eastern are they diamond well um, see and that's the thing some of them are really just just being hanging around yeah uh they've been here a long time Mm -hmm. And it's one of those, yeah, some of them are just like, yeah, okay. Would, all right, yeah, cool. Because, once again, you have good ones, you have neutral ones, which is a vast majority of them, yeah. and then you've got a few evil ones that are running around that really enjoy death and destruction and Curse just, doing, yeah. just doing all that stuff, which is why you see certain things going on, to be honest, uh, beyond what is physically seen because some of those entities are really running around having a ball uh and if they can find somebody that they can get with oh yeah they'll they'll have a good time uh that's what so for instance i mean they're they're in some ways almost like children in some mm, of them in that mm -hmm. they just want to have fun yep. and some kids just like burning ants with a magnifying glass true and to some of these beings you're the ant yeah um, and it's important to know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to know when you're the ant and when you're the magnifying glass because. All right. Yeah, that's why. Uh, so, like, for instance, for me um, and for anybody else that's, you know, biblically looked into stuff and all that, that's the reason there's a, uh, yeah, they warning against doing necromancy is because you'll run into some things that are like that. That they just don't, they don't care. And the other part is, usually the dead, they don't, they don't like telling the future, for instance, usually. Because yeah. they just don't, one, they don't care. Because for them, it's that, a repeat. They're yeah. on repeat. Uh, that's what I've been told by multiple ones, uh, is that they're just, they're waiting, basically. It's kind of like they're in a waiting room, and you came into the waiting room, and you're like, hey, what's going to happen tomorrow? And they're like, dude, I don't care. Like, <laughs> What's going to happen tomorrow in this office down the hallway? And they're right. like, why does that matter to me? <laughs> yeah. Or you. 
Why do you care? Yeah. Uh, um, now, however, if you come with respect and you come with a little bit of, you know, hey, I just want to know potentially about blank. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, I can give you what I potentially know. And since I'm on the other side and can see a little bit. No. Yeah, okay. But if you go in there and you're like, who am I going to fall in love with? They're going to be like, okay. Yeah. Like, you need to leave. <laughs> well, and I think it's also important to remember, especially when you're dealing with ghosts and spirits that have departed, um, in a very real way, they got nothing left to lose. Yeah. So they don't have to play by the same rules we play by. Yeah, that's true. What are you going to yeah. do? What's going to happen to them? They're going to die. They don't care. <laughs> again? They're already dead. Um, you know, and that again goes to making sure you understand the rules that different entities mm-hmm. and beings play by. Um, I, um, this past weekend was uh, Samhain, which is, um, for those of y'all who don't know, um, uh, Halloween right. is uh, the most it's the biggest holiday of the year for uh, most pagan people. Um, and one of the things I and my coven do is we leave offerings of cream and ginger cookies for the Fae. And so I do that. Um, and, you know, people ask, oh, do you, like, work with the Fae? <laughs> Fuck no, I don't. <laughs> I really, really don't. <laughs> and, oh, oh, because they're good or they're bad? I, they're fey. They're neither good nor bad. I mean, people are neither good nor bad. They just are. Um, here's the deal. Fey work with a very specific set of rules. And um, I don't have the uh, care to learn the minutia to not screw up. You just don't want your son replaced with a changeling. That's all it is. Look, he's 13. I put a lot of effort into keeping him alive <laughs> this far. That's okay. They only do it to babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that being said, I've known people who work with the Fae almost exclusively. Um, I have a friend whose daughter is Fae touched and like with oh, no wow. training, with no experience, with no knowledge is able to work with the Fae as, as a child, um, with mm. no consequences negative oh, wow. because she intrinsically has these rules built into her. She oh. intrinsically knows how to do this. That's cool. Um, and to her, I'm like, dude, that's awesome great so she's gonna be a druid uh maybe uh here's what i do know is that she is absolutely fey touched and whenever that child gives me a gift it's usually something she found it's like a pretty rock or a pretty leaf or a feather or something oh. that thing goes on my alto because yeah. if it came to me from her yeah i need to have it yeah yeah i would agree in general mm-hmm. um you know it, be, being fey touched is itself uh, a rare Oh, yeah. Ability. Um, most of the um, supernatural abilities that people inherently have with are rare. It's just that most people are born with one or two of them. Right. But when there's hundreds right. that you could have. Right. And then the other part is usually throughout life, uh, it gets suppressed. It gets, you mm. know, you have to tone it down. You have to hide it a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, because most of, once again, I'll, I'll use her term, the muggles. Yeah. It scares them. I mean, it absolutely frightens them, uh, which is what leads to, you know, people getting burned, people getting hanged, people getting, you know, medicated. Dunked, in, dunked in the river. Yeah, medicated now, especially heavily medicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of that, of course, turns off all those abilities 
because, yeah, they just don't, even though society would function better if people just embrace that stuff, most people don't want to do that because they've constructed this reality. We've talked about that before, mm-hmm. too. People constructed this reality, and the only way that this reality they think can work is if they all agree on the rules, once again, of how the reality is set in place. And if you have anybody shaking that reality, yeah, we just can't have that. It's it's like the Matrix. Um, <laughs> it, it really is. In, la, in what Morpheus yeah. says, mm-hmm. there are people that are so hooked into the system yeah. that even though they are trapped by the system and confined by the system, they will fight to protect the system and their attachment to it. Right. And there's nothing you can do. There's no sense in trying to break them from the system. They're happy. Right. You know, you do you. Um, but if you can break from the system, if you choose to break from the system, there is a world beyond what is explained in your high school science class that'll yeah. blow your mind. Oh, yeah. Big time. And you've got to, of course, obviously, you got to be careful. Um, I would suggest, for, for me at least, on my side, I would suggest reading the book Modern Magic, uh, the newest edition you can get. Even the old editions are good, too, because that'll give you ways to make sure that you're protected, so that way when you start walking into the different areas uh, of magic and the occult and everything like that, you'll actually walk into them better prepared and protected because when you when you start down this path, it's like ringing a gong, yeah, and it sends waves out throughout, yeah, throughout the universe, letting letting them know that hey, another one's trying to jump yep. in here, yeah, and there'll be some there'll be some, once again there'll be some good good I call them folks I guess I should just call them spirits, but there's there's good good folks that show up. Um, Sometimes bad folks show up. Sometimes bad folks show up and tell you they're good folks. Yeah, that happens too. <laughs> uh, but if you're doing the stuff that like will keep you protected, which is the reason to like, for instance, you know, she's got uh, her coven. I'm more of a solo practitioner myself because I've just always kind of did that. Because once again, I know people don't understand. And when you find folks out there, it's like, oh, hey, cool, all right. Yeah. But there's very few at least on the evangelical side, that will admit that they do this. Uh, there's very few that will even talk about anything beyond, well, well, this is what's in our book here, and, and that's that's it. Yeah. It's like, okay. Uh, for instance, yeah, well, there's, there's some more background for you. Uh, I've read the Book of Enoch, all of it. Um, I've read the Book of Jasher, the Book of Jubilees, uh, you know, all, all kinds of stuff that, for the most part, is interesting things. I've also, you know, read several books on the Kabbalah. Um, the Tree of Life is yeah. pretty neat. And it's one of those, it works. Um, <laughs> it really does. Um, but most people aren't going to accept that. And they also want, and this is always the funny part, they also want a cookie-cutter answer for exactly what you're doing yeah um i the one i get a lot from people who find out that i'm pagan who find out that i self-identify as a witch who um find that out is they're like okay great can you cast a fireball (laughs) um (laughs) and i've got a couple canned answers my favorite is i mean yeah but i'm gonna have to roll a d20 right 
Um, I'm going to need to know what your stats are, and we're going to have to be playing D&D. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's my favorite canned answer for that one. Um, but, yeah, so a lot of people have trouble understanding things that are not right in their face. Mm-hmm. You know, the human brain is great at seeing things and explaining them away. Well, yeah. Yeah, we, we've been trained to do that since we were children. Um, I mean, think about it. How many of y'all were kids and saw something, a shadow, a movement, something, and you reacted to it and someone said, it's nothing, or it's just the cat, or it's the wind? They trained you as a child to explain away what you were noticing with your senses, and so you put your own blinders on and you trained yourself to ignore those senses don't take us wrong sometimes it is just the cat sometimes it is sometimes just, it the is wind. A, just the cat and, and don't get me wrong sometimes it is just the cat and just the wind but sometimes it's not right um and if you allow yourself to at least notice things when it is just the cat and when it is just the wind you'll also notice it when it isn't right exactly i would agree with that because it you you also train yourself to notice when things look weird, mm-hmm. uh, when something isn't just a, oh, that's the house settling. No, not necessarily. No. Um, stuff like that. It becomes, that becomes almost second nature as well once you get to that point. It's, but it's also training once again and having to, you know, <laughs> lose some of that. Oh, yeah, okay, well, yeah, I was told it was just the wind. And, once again, as a child, of course, who are you told that by? Adults. Usually parents, who you're supposed to trust. And, therefore, well, they must know. And that's why you instinctually go, oh, okay, that's that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, um, when I was a child, we lived in a house. Oh, teenager, child. Um, we lived in a house, and my bedroom door would randomly close. Like, for no reason, and it was the only door that did it. Um, And, you know, my dad would always say, oh, it's just the air conditioner. And and that might be true, but it would happen whether the air conditioner was running or not. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, And so I was convinced, and and still am, that there was a spirit or something in the house, uh, for lack of a better word, that it was haunted. My parents insisted it couldn't possibly be haunted because it was a new build. We were the first people to ever live in the house. Um, However, (laughs) this land, all the land on the planet is old. Right. (laughs) And lots of things have lived and died on most of the pieces of land that you will interact with in your life. Um, And so it is equally possible when you know oh well the ghost stories say it couldn't be that because there wasn't a murder here in the last 50 years well yeah but (laughs) what's to say that something didn't happen there in a pre-colonial or pre-industrial time frame Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's you know i always point to there's certain areas of the planet where there's been lots and lots of misery happen death all kinds of things and people just you don't think that land's cursed like it keeps happening and that's the other part it's places and i'm not talking about just okay we had a random battle here you know in 1622 okay well 
if it keeps loss of the American South. If it keeps happening, right? If it keeps happening over and over again in certain places, uh, Europe's a great example, and I won't mention anything because once again, I won't actually get this put out. Yeah. Uh, but there are certain places in Europe, especially, that keep having battles. Mm-hmm. Like, and and don't get me wrong, sometimes it'll go twenty, thirty, a hundred years. Sometimes. And they won't have anything go on. It'll be nice and quiet. It's peaceful. All the fields are great. There's the cows. That's amazing. And then all of a sudden, one day, tanks and death and bombs and planes and you name it is raining down. And it's in this one particular area. It's like, that's weird. And people just go, oh, well, you know, it happened before. It'll happen again. And that's true sometimes. But, for instance, there's um, in the, we'll go back to the Bible for a second. There's a certain valley that keeps getting mentioned over and over again as to where like where the apocalypse will be, stuff like that. And the reason that's mentioned is because it was a huge battlefield for a long time. Armies would meet there, and so the, the, the ground was cursed, basically, because, yeah, you keep having these battles take place, you keep having people die there, you keep having all kinds of stuff go on. Plus, it's actually a pretty strategic area to have a battle. Uh, it was away from a lot of a lot of towns and everything like that, so you didn't have to worry about some of that stuff. But it was also just it keeps happening on the same soil. Well, and it also goes to negativity attracts negativity. Mm. So when you have all of those traumatic, awful things happen, then they tr- tend to attract more traumatic, awful things, which then happen, which then attracts more. And it does become a bit of a perpetuating cycle. There are that's why there are these places in on, on the planet that just keep happening. And you know, maybe it only happens once, maybe twice in our lifetime. But when you look at the expanse of human history, mm-hmm. which is a lot longer than people want to admit, yeah, um, you know, it, it's insane. Yeah, so. and I would say that. Usually, that's the reason if you do have somebody come in or a group come in that can actually lift that and kind of cleanse that negativity away, it becomes a nice place, mm-hmm. usually again. Yeah. Um, now, sometimes that it'll only hold once again for, you know, maybe, maybe a, a lifetime. lifetime. Because, it, so for instance, uh, and we'll talk about this in another uh, episode, but, you know, you can make familiars that outlast you. Oh, yeah. Easily. And therefore, you know, what – this has always been kind of one of these fun thought <laughs> thoughts out there as well is, you know, what magicians in the past, their familiars are still acting on their orders. Oh, wow. And so maybe they're protecting areas, mm-hmm. and therefore that's why certain people and certain things can't get into certain areas is because there's guardians there keeping mm-hmm. them out. Uh, maybe there's also the reverse where it's one of those, you want to make sure that you're going to keep this cycle going because maybe you were a dark, dark arts practitioner yeah. and therefore, yeah, okay, Hey, I'm going to keep this going and I don't want it to stop even after I die. Yeah. So you make familiars that keep that going. So that's why some places, you know, have that eerie, spooky feeling and, or yeah. at different times of the year have that eerie spooky feeling because the veil thins and they're able to do their work better and let's clarify that while that is absolutely possible and has happened um for a practitioner to cast a spell that 
even takes their entire lifetime requires a lot of energy but to outlast them requires amounts of energy Mm -hmm. that is difficult for the average practitioner to cast Mm -hmm. so the uh, so to anyone who thinks their family is cursed i tell you (laughs) probably not right um unless your grandfather was hitler or something probably not even then as long as you're not perpetuating that cycle I would say that you're probably Um, okay. The the, the average practitioner, I mean, as a practitioner, I can tell you, um, I don't go around cursing and hexing people just in general often anyway. I I have done it. I may have to do it again. It's not something I do for funsies. You're trying to build that karma up, aren't you? Yeah. Well, it's sometimes (laughs) karma doesn't work quickly enough. Um, But I would never cast anything on a family line because now I'm punishing uh, a a generation of people who didn't cause a problem. Right, exactly. And And that's just, that is morally abhorrent to me. Right. And that's the other part is, you know, learning the stuff early on. Like, for instance, like I said, from Modern Magic and some other... And Modern Magic is an excellent book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting because we realized recently we both have that book. Yeah. Um, and no, we're not getting paid. No, uh, <laughs> but it, it is an excellent book. They do keep coming out with editions because they do keep updating it, which, again, is also a sort, uh, an indicator that's being done correctly. Um, but it's a great introduction into um, the supernatural mm-hmm. and occult world. Um, from a Judeo-Christian standpoint, so whether, because a lot of it does come from a Hebrew background and a Kabbalah background, so if you are coming from a Judeo-Christian Abrahamic religion standpoint, it's a great jumping off, and if not, then it still is an excellent resource of basics and, you know... Well, there's on this planet, even if you didn't come from that background, you know a lot of people who did. Right. And I would say that uh, there's another good book that she's got that uh, I actually have given to my daughter that was, uh, I think it's Introduction to Witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And that's another one. Uh, I'll be able to get you the author on the next one when we come back. But... That's another one that's good. We'll put links in the description. Yeah, that'd be a good for, idea. For um, these books that we keep. Mentioning. Yeah, because you can go to. Uh, so we've got. Uh, so what we're using here, since it's a since it's a free thing, uh, we're using Audacity to record this. So if it sounds good, I hope it does. That's what we're using. So I'll plug them, even though once again we're not making any money. It's the first episode. Uh, and then if you want to find us, you can actually go to Podbean.com, and it's going to be Magic with a K. That's the actual name for the podcast. So if you go there, and once again, that's another free service that they offer uh, for podcasting. So we went with that because we're cheap. Anyways. Because we're just a couple of uh, people. (laughs) Because once again, no matter what anybody tells you, also, magic will not make you rich. Not monetarily. Like I said, all those years playing (laughs) D&D, the devil never offered me money for my soul. Right. So now I will tell you that, and and we'll we'll give away a little secret on the on the first podcast here. When alchemy talks about turning lead into gold, it's not physical, not in the physical sense of you're taking lead and turning it into gold. However, if you have a physicist with a um, particle accelerator, they might actually be able to do That's that. That's true. 
Yeah, that might be cool. Yeah. So if you if you do have somebody like that, then make sure that you uh, get onto the uh, the Podbean and you shoot me an email so that that way as well as I can join your quest for that and we can all start turning lead into gold. Uh, but in the meantime, as well as I'll just <laughs> I'll just go ahead and keep on turning myself into gold, yeah. uh, which is a lifelong process. And yeah, that's that's definitely for another episode yeah uh but yeah it's it's i so all in all i will say it's a lot of fun doing all the different things and trust me we joke each other all the time about our various uh beliefs and you know i joke with her and for anybody that is into witchcraft you'll you'll love this joke i'm sure is i joke with her all the time about you know jumping on her broom and riding over here yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah and i'm sure whoever gets that joke will get a grin so there you go um but uh so i know we've kind of rambled a little bit and gone Mm. over a lot (laughs) but uh our hope with this podcast is to go into depth with several specific topics um and to be an educational resource and uh be able to give you our resources um and you know over 20 combined years of experience working in this field. Right. And we'll probably have uh, some guests on at some point if this thing actually takes off who are probably even more knowledgeable than we are uh, because that would be the other part. You never know everything ever. Um, So like next episode that we're going to do is going to be on shapeshifters. And that's a wide range for anybody that knows about shapeshifters. That is, that's, for that one, it will be a very um, surface-level overview with only a few deep dives because there's just no way, unless y'all want to sit and listen to a 27-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, it, that'd be a long That'd be a long, be a long one. But um, that'll be an initial, yeah, shapeshifter, and then we'll probably do it again if it seems to actually work pretty well. It's, it's really interesting because we've talked about that, too, since we have a... A story around our area about a uh, shapeshifter as well mm-hmm. so that's always been kind of cool for both of us no I have never seen the shapeshifter um, and I grew up in a uh, different part of the country that has stories about specific indigenous shapeshifters as well right and I don't think you've ever seen one either have you um, I've never seen one in real life but right. I've seen evidence of them right and so like for instance I can tell you that I I've been out to a couple of reservations uh, here in the U.S. And, yeah, there are some interesting stories about uh, particular shapeshifters that are out there. And they believe them. They definitely believe them. Yeah. Uh, But anyways, all right, well, once again, I'm Daniel. And I'm Alex. And this has been Magic with a K. And we're going to go ahead and get off here. And you'll hear the outro music. Y'all have a good day.